Hello and welcome to the Nursing Standard podcast. I'm journalist Erin Dean and this episode focuses on the global nursing community. Nurses worldwide are on the front lines of the most challenging situations that people face today. The profession continues to deal with the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, to support people affected by the ravages of climate change and to work in areas struggling with conflict, poverty and poor access to basic healthcare. All this continues in the face of a global nursing shortage and often poor wages. In this podcast, Nursing Standard talks to the International Council of Nurses, which represents nursing worldwide, about the challenges nurses face internationally. Chief Executive Officer Howard Catton is talking to me about the issues facing the nursing community. Hi, Howard. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Erin. It's really good to be with you. So it feels like a lot is going on in the world at the moment, and the nursing profession is dealing with a huge amount, both in the UK and overseas. What do you hear from your members, um, and what do you feel are the most pressing pressing issues currently? Uh, You're right. I I think that, you know, no one can be struck by the fact that global health uh, is dominating um, our news. Um, The pandemic, of course, um, but the pandemic is far from over. We are seeing cases still surging in many parts of the world, infection rates uh, going up and nurses in healthcare systems still having to uh, deal with um, deal with COVID against the backlog of work and cases which has built up um, of all other health issues over the course of the pandemic. And then, you know, just in the last few days with monkeypox, the uh, second declaration of a public health um, emergency of international concern, that's the highest warning that the World Health Organization uh, can give uh, about an, an infection an infection um, and that is now in more than 70 70 countries so far around the world so and covid still being uh, a health issue of international uh, of international concern but we've also Aaron seeing you know issues of you know of, of outbreaks of hostilities and conflicts and disasters that are happening around the world of course most noticeably you know in Ukraine in the invasion there and there's been a tremendous um, uh, connection outpouring from nurses around the world wanting to show support and solidarity for nurses in Ukraine. Um, but but I see that, you know, whenever there's a, a disaster, whether it be, you know, a natural or a man-made disaster, nurses knowing full well that their colleagues in other countries will be at the at the centre of the response to those sorts of situations and wanting to help them out. All of this taking place against a global shortage of uh, nurses, a global shortage uh, uh, that existed before the pandemic, and we believe has grown significantly uh, as a result of uh, that. That's now feeding through into issues about uh, pay and working conditions. We're seeing increases in strikes and disputes right the way uh, around the world as well. And I think that whilst Whilst the image of nursing and people's perceptions, uh, I have no doubt, have 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 been changed and have been challenged as a result of what they've seen of nursing over the last few years. Um, and, and I think, you know, have really seen the reality of modern day nursing from nurses perspective, you know, the warm words of support 
uh, that they're used to hearing, you know, the the applause that there have been from the from the balconies simply don't cut it anymore. And, you know, nurses are saying, you know, we need to be properly recognised, recognised economically, fairly uh, for the work that we the, the work that we do. So this busy, busy, interconnected global health agenda that we have, not only is nursing at the uh, at the front line, at the sharp edge of responding to it, I think it's also raising some really fundamental questions amongst nurses themselves about the profession, how it's valued, how how we're led and what our future role should be as well. As you say, there are a lot of issues there that will be very familiar to to UK nurses as well as as well as nurses um, elsewhere. What kind of impact is is the pandemic still having? Um, you mentioned it's not over. It's we've been living in it now for over two years. Um, what do nurses tell you internationally about the impact it's having on their health system still? So uh, look, the, the first thing I think to say is that you know nobody can be in any doubt that the the, the impact on nurses themselves around the world, uh, both on their physical and their mental health, uh, has been has been enormous. From the very early days, we were talking to associations um, about whether nurses were getting the right level of protection and support, whether they were getting the PPE that they needed. Um, and we tracked and monitored both the infection rates amongst nurses and health workers um, and also sadly and tragically deaths as well. You know, early on in the pandemic, we saw infection rates, uh, you know, uh, running at you know 10 percent or more amongst amongst nurses and health workers compared to everybody who was getting inf infected. Um, I mean, it, we all know it spoke to the lack of preparedness of our health systems right the way around the world to, to deal with a, a global pandemic. Um, but of course, it, whilst whilst others uh, are responsible for that lack of preparedness, the people who then have to cope with the reality um, when something like a pandemic happens, it's it's nurses and they suffer the consequences. We were seeing and, and hearing of nurses who were who were dying as well on a regular basis, and we reported on that. And we eventually did some work with the World Health Organization. You know, at least 150,000 uh, nurses and healthcare workers died as a result of contracting coronavirus. I actually think that's an that's an underestimation. The mental health pressures and impacts were were and continue to be enormous and not just issues of burnout and stress but we we had nurses who were suffering you know post-traumatic stress syndrome disorder uh, symptoms uh, and disorder uh, tragically there were a few suicides that we reported on as 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 well um, and that we, we termed all of that the, the covid effect on the nursing workforce um uh, with nurses um you know some uh, leaving because they were unwell. Others who were like, you know, we have just given as much as we can and and, and quitting, uh, quitting earlier. Um, so huge impact on the nursing workforce. But as I said, the you know the pandemic is far from over with with cases still surging. And and what I really worry about at the moment, Erin, is that I'm just not sure that politicians, arguably the public, are seeing the risks that that presents as well as long as this 
virus is circulating at the levels it's at, the, the risks of mutations are really high and a mutation that evades the vaccine is a wild card here, which, you know, is is a, is a, is a big risk. And I think in a lot of countries, you know, nurses feel that public health measures, we should still be implementing many of those and being much more cautious about uh, the way that the pandemic continues to play to play out. And the other huge issue that the pandemic is still very, very real for, for nurses, whilst whilst our politicians might talk about the fact that, you know, numbers of people who are dying is smaller, there are still people who are getting very, very sick. There are still people who are requiring uh, hospital care or more intensive care. And that is against a backdrop of have two years plus of a buildup in waiting times and waiting lists for people with other conditions. And I'm not sure that uh, a lot of our leaders in many countries are are really appreciating the continued pressure that the um, the pandemic plus the backlog of healthcare uh, that we have uh, is causing on. The, the workload that's the resulting for nursing staff right the way around the world. And just the, the final, the other sobering, a sobering thought, Erin, um, in relation to the pandemic, you know, the World Health Organization has said that for us to be to be out of this, to be to be uh, having felt as though we've overcome this pandemic, we need a vaccination rate in in in, in all countries around the world of at least 70 percent. Uh, I last looked a few days ago, there are only 58 out of 194 countries who have achieved that 70% figure. And then if you look at uh, the vaccination of healthcare workers, you would have thought, wouldn't you now, that that we should be able to say that virtually every healthcare worker around the world um, has been fully, fully vaccinated. Do you know, on the continent of, of Africa in low, low income countries, the, the rate for healthcare workers who've had two doses of the vaccine, not the booster, just two doses, is less than 40%, stands at 37%. There are still our colleagues in other parts of the world uh, responding to coronavirus with, with, without even uh, full protection of vaccination. That's a really worrying statistic, isn't it, when you think it, it about healthcare staff being protected against against this virus and shows how um how it's ongoing um and definitely it's as you say nurses are still living with the impact of that aren't they absolutely and i think that's what you're that's some of the 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 key reasons aaron why you know nurses are saying you know i'm i'm done um you know, uh, for many nurses, they, of course, they recognise that, you know, the, the significance of a global pandemic, you know, stepped up as they always do, wanted to give of their of, of their of their best. But it, we went into the pandemic six million nurses short. You know, and you just think about that. That's like being 20 percent down of what the number of nurses that we should. Then you're asked to take on, you know, for for, for most nurses, the biggest health challenge that they've ever faced during their careers. You go and face that not having 
you know, the full protection immediately available, you know, personal protective a, a, a equipment a, a, for nurses who are still not vaccinated, I said as well. But you 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 push on, you do all of that at the cost to yourself as well. We you know, we had nurses who were, you know, you had this in the UK, I know we around the world, you know, nurses who were staying away from their families and their loved ones. Um for, for, because they didn't want to put them at, at, at risk, particularly in the early stages of the of, of, of the pandemic. Um, and and now just feeling that they have given all that they all that they can. And nurses who might otherwise have said, well, we'll work another five, six, seven or eight years before we retire are saying, no, we're going to we're going to quit. We're going to quit now so that and those that number of nurses around the world who are doing that we think that, that you know that six million shortage before the pandemic when you add in the numbers of nurses who are due to retire plus what we've called this covid effect on the nursing workforce could be up to 12 to 13 million nurses that the world needs to replace over the next few years so about 28 million nurses worldwide that's about half of the global nursing workforce and and we've said from ICN that actually we think the, the 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 biggest immediate threat to global health is a shortage of nurses and healthcare workers we think it's we think it's that serious that's pretty there's some pretty staggering statistics in there aren't there and it's definitely a familiar issue in the UK the the shortage of of nurses and just to just to move on to to a slightly different issue. Um, we've all followed the devastating situation in Ukraine, um, which has brought war closer to home in the UK. And sadly, that's not the only area of conflict internationally. What do you hear about those at the ICN and how nurses are coping? Um, so we were um, we were in contact and talking to our colleagues in Ukraine, um, you know, literally within days after uh, the invasion happened, begun at, at uh, earlier uh, this this year, and you know, area. I think you know, uh, I, I will never forget. It's one of the most sobering, you know, conversations that I've ever had when you're you're talking to nurses in their workplace. Obviously, I do that. Uh, I do that a lot. But when when the conversation has to be paused or is interrupted because of air raid sirens um, and people having to, to to move to cover or or to shelter as 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 well it's uh it, it's almost incomprehensible incomprehensible um but you know I, I i think that nurses also absolutely around the world just recognized the importance of what those nurses, what their colleagues were doing in terms of staying at work, delivering nursing care and health care, regardless of the situation that they were they were in. I think there were a lot of nurses in other parts of the world, and I was certainly one of them who were just, you know, you think about it for a moment and that our colleagues in Ukraine, you know, you know, just a few 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 days and a few weeks before the invasions, uh, invasion started, um, we're going about, you know, fairly normal lives, living the sorts of lives that, you know, be very familiar with people in the, you know, in 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 the UK in terms of what they were what what they were doing. And then overnight, overnight, their lives change in such a a dramatic way. 
and, and we saw a, a phenomenal outpouring from nurses in other countries uh, wanting to show their support, their solidarity uh, with nurses um, in Ukraine. And we set up something called Nurses uh, for Peace, which uh, people really seem to connect with in terms of, you know, just a, a, a way to show solidarity. But more than that, um, that we've created the opportunity for people to donate to our humanitarian fund. And we've seen, you know, we said, look, what we will try and do with our association uh, for people who donate is to get money, you know, to nurses in in Ukraine and to where nursing care is being um, delivered. Uh, that's not straightforward, Erin, because you're, you know, you're dealing with a country that's, you know, at war. There were sanctions on, you know, on 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 banks and and you know, there were lots of logistical problems. But we managed to we've managed to pass funds now for a number of months through to the association to to help those nurses um, who've been directly affected. You know, the needs that people have in those situations very immediate, but basic needs for. Uh, you know, for food, for, for, for toiletries, for basic medical uh, equipment and drugs as 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 well. Um, uh, support for, for for nurses, families, nurses with with with, you know, with kids um, and, you know, just, you know, pens and books and, and things to help with their with their schooling um, as 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 well. And we continue to do that work. We're now doing some work with um, with the World Health Organization in Europe to try and support people's mental health needs. Um, because again, that's, as you can imagine, you know, living and working in a war and conflict um, zone uh, creates huge mental health pressures and burdens. So we're trying to provide some support there. We've also been working with our associations in the neighboring countries in Poland, Romania, Moldova, Slovakia as well. The associations there have been playing a really important role in supporting, you know, refugees, you know, five million refugees just in Poland alone, one and a half million in in, in Romania. These are, you know, imagine that just these huge numbers. I know that the UK has provided su support, but I think that those numbers from the neighbouring countries are really quite, uh, are really quite, quite, quite staggering um so i i you know i i as i say uh, you are situations like this you are you are struck by you know by the courage um the bravery of those nurses who are in the middle of a, a disaster and a conflict but the fact that they they stay they respond that they continue to put the people they care for first and i think you know, because people around the world, particularly with Ukraine, have just seen again, you know, the TV and the media have meant that we've seen the reality on a day to day basis that people feel that connection uh, with their colleagues. You know, they feel part of a global profession and they want to support in some small, small way. And we're trying to we've been trying to facilitate some of that through ICM. You see a lot of important work going on there on a really um, a really devastating situation that, that continues, unfortunately. Um, and another another one of uh, your areas of work that you mentioned um, is um, is global warming. Um, and the UK has just endured record breaking temperatures that climate scientists say is caused by by global warming. Um, and the UN says that no, no continents untouched by the effects and that it's also um, 
also a major driver of conflict just to link back to warfare around the world and um, what impact is that having on nurses and how do you see them responding to that challenge? You're absolutely right Erin and, and and there are some of the some of the disasters that we've seen around the world um, you know uh, 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 floodings and landslides and 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 some of the really severe um, storms and tornadoes um, that we've we've seen in recent years are clearly you know related to uh, climate climate change so again you know when those sorts of um, man-made or climate-induced disasters happen it, it's it's nurses and health workers who are at the forefront of providing a whole range of, of physical and mental health care you know people who have you know the either physical trauma as a as a result of of some climate-induced disaster whether it's you know infectious uh, disease that then follows as a result of 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 that issues to do with you know nu nu nutrition mal malnutrition and then on top of all of that you know as we've seen the mental health impacts of 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 that, of, of of a disaster people having lost family lost homes you know everything that they've they've saved and they've they've built up for as well and I think you know what but what we've seen in, in more recent years is that, um, and, and you know, you're right. The people across across Europe who've just, you know, been in the middle of this 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 intense heat wave, that those climate induced disasters uh, are, are, are now not just things that happen in places many hundreds of thousands of miles a day away. Nurses in countries, you know, like the UK, who who uh, are seeing in their practice daily practice the impact of high temperatures on you know the ability of somebody who's got you know a chronic condition or who's got you know uh you know asthma um you know the 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 the, the impact that that has on on their health their ability to live their 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 lives in a you know in in, in their way you know the people have seen the mental health impacts as well of things like you know floods in, in in the UK and in in Europe as well so this is this is now uh impacting on people right the way around the world and it is because that nurses see that in their daily practice that you know we as a profession are a really important and legitimate voice globally in terms of policy making in relation to climate change you know I I, I remember and it wasn't that long ago it was uh, after, soon after I came to to ICM when we we were we were doing some work on climate change and people did question, you know, you know why why are nurses so involved in uh, have such views on 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 these issues and it is because of the health impacts that nurses have to see and respond to and we had you know we've had nurses who've attended the the COP meetings we're we're, we're involved with the, the the WHO work in response to climate change along of course with other. Uh, health professionals as well we've, we've recently with other health professional groups um you know signed up on a on a call for a treaty to uh eliminate the further proliferation of, of of fossil fuels as 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 well and i think it's you know look it's good it's good public health nursing we talk about prevention a lot uh in 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 nursing of course uh, but with many of these issues you know when you track 
the, 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 the when you check the health need back to what is causing it, you know, as we know, it may be, may well be that there's issues of climate change that, that are at play. May well be that there are also other issues to do with, I don't know, uh, housing, uh, work, employment, um, issues that sometimes people think are not healthcare, but which are, you know, root causes that you need to tackle the social determinants of health if you're going to, you know, prevent ill health and promote good health. And that's that's one of the other reasons why, Aaron, in our uh, the ICN has a code of ethics for nurses and we, we recently revised and updated it and we added this new section on global health to make it really clear and explicit that issues around climate change, social determinants of health, issues around human rights, justice, non-discrimination, these are all central to the work of the work of nurses. And, and absolutely, we as the International Council are going to make sure that the global voice of nursing is is heard when those issues are being discussed and debated as well. And as you say, no one sees um, the impact on, on just normal people and the nurses, um, I think, you know, nurses are the people who are there all the time seeing day in, day out in this country and elsewhere what it's actually like uh, for people and, and the health impact and the mental health impact that um, that these changes are having. And um, just to move on to something that we've already touched on, um, and you know the UK and NHS nursing scene well, having worked as head of policy at the RCN for many years. Uh, so you'll know that the problems of uh, short staffing and low pay facing nurses here are, are very familiar issues. And you just mentioned that you see it as a, a fundamental threat to to health systems worldwide. So how how pressing an issue is it are, uh, is staff shortages and nursing shortages, would you say? Um, as I said, Aaron, I you know, I, if you look at the data and you look at look at the, 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 the numbers, um, then I, I, I do think that it, it's the most immediate threat that our health systems right the way around the world are Facing. We talk a lot, don't we? We hear our politicians and political leaders talk about, you know, we need to improve and strengthen our, you know, our health systems. And, and I, always, I always feel that's slightly euphemistic as, 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 as well, because, you know, there are no health systems without healthcare workers. You know, uh, our, you know our, our hospitals, our, our, our clinics, uh, our, our treatment um, centres, you know, they're, you know, they're buildings and they're, they're empty buildings if you haven't got if you haven't got nurses and you haven't got um, health care staff um, and the scale of uh, the, the scale of shortage um, is is hugely concerning um, because you know whichever way you whichever way you you cut it it's 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 it, 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 it's not a it, it's not a good outcome uh, you know I, either you know, you're running a system that's that's short. That means that you're putting incredible pressure on the people who still remain, um, and ultimately they may break and they may uh, and 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 they may go. If you're running short, uh, we all know that the the safety risks. You know, forget about um, forget about quality. Just even you just think about you know fundamental and basic safety uh, increase. Uh, significantly as well, so you're, you're impacting on the quality of the uh, of, of 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 the service, and, and and worst of all, and we see this in some places as 
as well, where you know there are no staff. Simply, there is no service. There is no healthcare. There is no there is no health health service. Um, and 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 why all of that? Why all of that matters? And I think that this is, you know, I know it's obvious to say, Erin, but I I, uh, I I think that it's important to articulate really really clearly that all of this matters if you care about both individuals health but about global health often you know when nurses articulate issues around staffing or pay and i see this in different countries as well it can be turned back as a this is an issue about the profession this is this is what the profession would like to have they're trying to advance themselves or they're being protective about you know their 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 their, their profession you know it's 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 pitched in that it's shaped it's framed in in that sort of a, a way and I, and i just think we need to you know consistently push back on that and say this matters because of the health care of people in 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 my town, in my city, in my village, in my country, in my in my world as well. This is a this is a global health issue. And why that matters, because then people say, oh, well, that sounds all very, you know, oh, oh, so that's, so that's lovely. Of course, we want, you know, we want uh, we want the world to be a, a lovely and healthy, healthy place. But 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 life isn't like that. So you just need to, you know, get a bit real and, you know, face up to face up to realities. You know what we were just saying there, Erin, in terms of uh, conflicts and disasters as well. What what this pandemic and what these these unprecedented global events that we're facing show us show us equally is how uh, how central health is to world peace and security. And if I'd have said that before the pandemic, before the the war in Ukraine, many people might have said, "Well, that all sounds a little bit." bit fanciful but you have we have seen we have seen how if health systems fail and break down the massive impact that that can have on our economies our way of just living a normal peaceful secure safe life and you see in conflict zones again you know the first thing that is hit, hit and impacted on when conflict happens is people's um health care uh, and when healthcare breaks down it's a vicious circle if it's more likely to result in increased conflict as as well so this the centrality of our health to our whole way of being globally i think has never been has, has, has never been clearer and that's why i see in many countries that that whilst political leaders may not may not want to fully recognise that, may not see the continued risks of the pandemic, may push back against investment in nursing and in health services. Do you know? I think the people, the public in many countries around the world, absolutely do get it and are prepared to uh, to see greater support and investment in nursing. So um, it's a it's a uh, some people may think it's, you know, it's a big, bold or it's an ambitious call to make. But I, I think, you know, articulating those links between, you know, nursing and health, but the type of world that we want to to live in and the peacefulness and the security that we want to to to, to feel in our lives, in our kids lives as well, is a really legitimate rationale and basis for how we should be arguing for investment in nursing and health.
mean, that emphasises, doesn't it, the absolute importance of nurses and, and having sufficient numbers of properly trained nursing staff. Um, and we know that the UK recruits a lot internationally. Um, does the impact of this international migration worry you? Yes, um, absolutely it, 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 it does. We've, um, you know, as as we've said, so there's a, there was a shortage uh, before the pandemic, and that shortage has grown. But countries, you know, uh, their need for nurses uh, is immediate and is now. And what we've what we've seen and we've reported on this, Aaron, is that particularly there are a number of high income countries who are now very active again, recruiting internationally for nurses to to address uh, their domestic shortage. Uh, the UK is right up there uh, as one of those very active recruiting uh, countries. There are others, um, the US, Canada, uh, Germany, uh, Australia, some high income countries who traditionally haven't recruited as much from overseas, Finland, uh, for example. But there's a pattern there in terms of higher income countries um, using international recruitment as a as a short term uh, fix to address their shortages. And again, root cause. Let's go back to the root cause on, 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 on this. Why are those countries having to do it? Because they have not educated enough of their own nurses and indeed other healthcare workers as, as well. Um, and yeah, we've put some statistics out there in terms of the reliance that some countries, how reliant on some, are some countries on uh, recruitment of nurses from 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 over from overseas, and you know we see you know uh, the numbers of numbers of nurses in the U.S. from overseas compared to their homegrown population make up about I think about six or seven percent of the total nursing workforce. Uh, in the U.K., it's uh, now over ten percent as as well. That translates into thousands of nurses that are being needed to be recruited from other countries because they have not been educated at home. And that's a policy question. That doesn't happen by accident. That's a deliberate policy decision not to educate enough nurses to meet your own needs. That might be OK. That might be. Nobody stands in the way of individual nurses moving in around, around, around the world. And, you know, people have a right to freedom of movement and they bring an awful lot to their to their health systems. But at the, that level, at that level, it then raises questions about what is the impact on the countries that you recruit from? And we frequently hear stories from countries who are losing nurses where it has a significant impact on the ability of their of the, the country that's losing nurses to deliver health care to its own people. And it, and it, sometimes it's not just about the numbers, Erin. You know, it might 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 only be two or three nurses, but if they're very specialist nurses, uh, they, you know, they can be a very dramatic, that can have a very dramatic effect on the ability of that country to um, to continue to deliver health care, which is where we then get into the whole debate around the ethics of international re recruitment as well. As I said, nobody is going to prevent individuals from moving, but I've started to think a bit more like like climate change, um, that, that, you know, if we know that there is a potentially detrimental effect from a policy that we have taken in one country or we haven't because we've you know decided not to educate enough of our own nurses and we need more if if that means that we absolutely will have to go and look to another country and there could be negative consequences how do you offset that 
what do you do to compensate for uh, the harm that that might that 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 might that that might cause? And I I hear voices from some lower middle income countries saying. You know, if we'd pay to educate these nurses who are then uh, who, who then move, then perhaps we should be financially compensated for uh, the costs of the, the cost of the education. You know, climate change will, you know, we'll think about how we offset and, you know, you know, whether we, you know, plant trees and, 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 and forests. I'm not being flippant about it, but just as the as an example. And so within nursing, within healthcare, then if a country is recruiting, you know, in the thousands because that's. The number that it needs and it hasn't educated itself you know should it be building a nursing school in the country countries that it's recruiting from for 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 example so so those are i think those are some of the issues that that it that it throws up and as i said aaron there are there are choices there are policy and political choices that have been taken that result in where we're currently at with this global shortage and the consequences of it um and i think it's important to to call those out. There's some some complex and very profound issues there and 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 the impact that they have on on different countries. Um, and so what would you like to see happen? What are you calling for? What could help nurses globally, do you think, be be in a better position? Um, so very simply, uh, nursing needs uh, more serious and sustained investment right the way around the world. Um, we um, people may not may not realise there is a global nursing and midwifery uh, strategy which we um, we developed with the World Health Organization. Um, it was uh, agreed by all member states. The UK signed up and supported the global the global strategic directions for nursing and mid midwifery um and it it has uh it has a very simple message about the need for countries to invest in nursing education nursing jobs nursing practice and nursing leadership we've talked a lot about education scaling up investment in education uh, jobs fair and decent pay and working conditions leadership uh, having nurse leaders um uh, in in of course in healthcare organizations but also uh at key in key roles where policy and political decisions are taken as as well chief nursing officers in in, in particular and investing in nursing practice the continuing development of, of nursing in particularly uh supporting specialist advanced nursing practice roles and if you uh, for anybody who looks at the strategy, I, I've uh, you know we've tried to make it as as simple and straightforward, and that's you know so it says invest in nursing education, nursing leadership jobs, and nursing uh, and and nursing practice. So we don't need uh, to, uh, to you know to spend months and years developing another uh, you know a, a, another 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 strategy. Uh, we know what we need what we need to 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 do you know uh, it's uh, the foundations are there in the strategy with with what we want the policies to be that with governments around the world to follow and do you know what we find Aaron and I I am um, I'm always struck by this that that when when health leaders come together in places like Geneva for World Health Assembly um 
meetings, the World Health Organization's um, meeting of all countries, the World Health Assembly that happens every every year. You know, nursing and health workforce has been high on their agenda. They, you know, it's they they discuss they discuss these issues of shortages of decent work, the impact of the pandemic of international migration, produce strategies and and, and policies as 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 well, um, and and. and and leaders who you know who come to Geneva or go to New York, other places, agree and sign up. But we often fall down. We frequently, far too frequently, fall down. Where I don't know what happens on the plane ride home that people forget what they've committed to when they've been in an international meeting, and we don't see the implementation on the ground. And that's something that we've been working and are now working really closely with all of our associations on to make sure you know it's not good enough for us just to get a great global policy that everybody commits to to invest in nursing you know it 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 means it means nothing if it is doesn't isn't then followed through on on the ground and i think that's where our associations are so key and important to 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 hold to account people for you know uh, putting into practice you know in their own countries what they commit to when they're in international uh, meetings and why why does a global community matter to nurses and to to UK nurses? If you're trying to summarise the importance mm. impacts they can have, we've we've just been discussing some really important, profound global issues. Why does um, a united global voice for nursing matter? Well, so the, I think the first thing I'd say, Erin, is that you know what's what's run through our converse, uh, through our conversation is that these these global health issues that we're we're, we're facing you know uh, they are they are truly global issues but no one country can fix them on their own nurses in the uk can't fix climate change on their on on their own um, when we see the, you know this impacts of, of 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 war in europe you know you just see how the consequences of 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 that have global have a global impact. You know the the food supply of grain to play to to, to African um, and, and Mediterranean countries and the the potential impact of a of a of a food shortage as well. So global global has never felt and has never been more local. And I, and, you know, I, I get the fact that even just a few years ago, people would say, oh, you know, all the talk of global health issues, it's 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 far off, it's distance. How does it really impact me in my daily in, in my daily practice? And I, and I think that, you know, these events around the pandemic with monkeypox, with climate change, with with the insecurity and conflicts there are in our, our world, people absolutely get how interconnected we all are and that if we want peace and security at home we need to cooperate collaborate and work with countries right the way around around the world well, you know people haven't they they've said for for years you know infectious diseases don't recognize national national borders and it's you know it's it's not just about infectious diseases all of these other the, all of the all of these other issues that we've 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 talked about they don't see the lines on the maps that we've we've drawn to divide you know to divide us in, ourselves into into different territories or different into different countries so i think there's that very pressing and very practical um you know reason to get involved in 
in in in in in global uh, in global health. But I I I also have this really strong sense that um, there is uh, there is huge solidarity uh, amongst nurses worldwide. We saw this during the pandemic. Nurses and with Ukraine, nurses who who've come together because they want to support each other. They, you know, and, and you know, sometimes nurses who feel, you know, with Ukraine, you know, there but for the grace of God, go I or question, you know, if that were to happen to me, if overnight I were to find myself in a conflict zone, would I stay? Would I separate myself from my family? Would I go and work for weeks or months in the basement of a hospital to provide care to my 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 patients and be separated from my family and friends? Would I, you know, those are the those are those are the principles and the ethics of nursing. And you know, when you see others who are who are living those in their life, it does. You also do think, you know, would I do that? Would I really really be able to do that if it happened to me? And people want to show their support, their solidarity. They recognise that they're part of. You know the biggest health profession on this on this on 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 on, on this planet, but it's not just. Uh, it, it, but there's also there's also a really important as well as the support, the learning and the sharing that the being part of the international community brings. Again, during the 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 pandemic, you know, uh, people joined us regularly on web webinars that we were setting up. Because as well as providing support, they wanted to talk about, you know, this is how the pandemic is developing in our country. This is how we're trying to organise our healthcare. This is how we're changing how we nurse, uh, uh, change the way in which we're nursing, providing nursing care for people with COVID as well. So there was a, you know, there was a, a, a huge opportunity as well as to support, to learn and to share as 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 well. And it, it's, you know, it's as much about what you put into global health was what you get uh, of what you get out of it. Uh, and as I said, you know, I think, you know, we, we created, you know, as you said, the Nurses for Peace um, um, initiative uh, after the start of the, the, the war in Ukraine. And, you know, a couple of a couple of months after that, the, the WHO changed the theme of the World Health Assembly this year to health for peace as well. And I think that you know, people are absolutely seeing that, you know, health and peace are, in, are, are you know, are inseparable. Um, and if we're going to, if we're going to deliver health, if we're going to, if we're going to ensure peace and security, then, you know, it's nurses are going to be absolutely at the heart of all of, at the heart of all of that. And that's why the global voice of nursing um, is, is 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 important um but it's not it's not a global voice in isolation to what happens you know in country or at home as well it's a it's a voice for health it's a voice for peace wherever you happen to live or work thank you so much howard and thank you for sharing um your your thoughts and your some of your work with us today um i'm i'm definitely struck by how universal Many of the issues, or all of the issues we've talked about, are particularly more than anything. What comes out to me from this conversation is staff shortages, nursing shortages, and how it's just impacting everywhere. So, thank you so much um, for joining me. Um, really appreciate it. Pleasure to talk to you as well, Erin. Take care and look after look after my home. Look after the UK for me too. 
And thank you very much for listening. Just a reminder that all the resources connected with this episode of the show can be found at rcni.com forward slash podcast, where you can also catch up on any episodes you may have missed or simply want to play back. And we greatly appreciate any feedback, so please do rate or review us on Apple or Spotify podcasts, which will also help other people to find us. I hope you enjoyed the show.